Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. This week, the story is a little bit less celebratory than we've been recently on the podcast. We've spent the last several episodes in ode mode, so to speak, singing the praises of all things Star Wars. Uh, I like that terminology right out of the gate. Ode mode. Yeah, we've been in ode Excellent. mode for a while. We're going to go in the other direction this time. We're veering into the negative. We're um, giving into our more cynical instincts and counting the down. The dark side. Yeah, the dark side. That's right. <laughs> and it's more powerful, of course. Uh, counting down our top six worst or most hated Star Wars characters. And as usual, um, personal selections based on our own feelings we didn't so much have to consider factors like how iconic a character is for being bad or how uh, unanimously culturally hated this character might be. It's really all just about how you feel personally. We did give ourselves a few ground rules. Uh, so one, characters had to appear in at least one Star Wars feature-length film. So uh, Rogue One and Star Wars, uh, Solo a Star Wars Story characters are allowed, but Mandalorian characters and animated series exclusives are off the table this week. Um, we also have a... Go ahead. Sorry, I want to make that kind of distinction there as well. There is the animated film, which is always that kind of gray area as a film that I never choose to go back to watch and you've not watched. And there is one character who I will mention in the honorable mention section as being a, a clear distinction. And then we'll also do the, a, a minor little uh, Ahsoka discussion because everybody knows that she was hated in that small little bit. Uh, but yes, let's let's not think about that other movie as well because it's so, like so the, frequently like theatrical movies. To. Then I don't think that was a theatrical release, was it? Uh, it was. Okay. It was a theatrical release. All right, well, uh, and also, I, I don't know if you did make the distinction in, in the title there uh, or if you were going to, to get to it, but we're doing top six worst characters other than Jar Jar. I was going to get to it. Yeah. So okay, that, that's right. We've, we've got um, that. That's our most important rule is that it, it's just way too easy <laughs> to put Jar Jar at number one. It, it would, you would almost be flexing to try and make a case for him not being the most hated Star Wars character or the worst Star Wars character, just because of how influential he is on a turning point for Star Wars. And so it's hard not to resent him. Um, but just to, to keep it fresh, he's off limits. You can't say Jar Jar. Quick question. Yeah. Would he have been your number one? Um, Based on the criteria that you used. Yes. Yes, he would have been my number one as well. Yeah. It wasn't like intentional to try and like, like you said, but it's also the same point if you don't make him your number one. In a lot of cases, I mean, a lot of people would love Jar Jar and I I'm, I like Jar Jar the first time I watched Phantom Menace, although it just didn't take very long. I, it didn't take me to Revenge of the Sith to start hating Jar Jar. Uh, so he, like it was the kind of like geez George like I was right in your age demographic and I couldn't even finish the trilogy without hating the guy. So it, it, there was a lot of mistakes within the character. But like you said, it's almost like you'd have to be going out of your way to not make him your least favorite character unless you have some like deep set element that makes you uh, like Jar Jar or have an emotional attachment, which is very understandable. But um, I can also completely understand as to why nobody would as well. Yeah, and it's also kind of difficult to say with this much retrospect how influenced we are by the general culture around the idea of Jar Jar. Like, it's it's easy to say he's the worst because you know that that's a safe choice. Um, it's kind of like, you know, ragging on Nickelback. The difference is, like, Nickelback's mm. not the worst band in the world. Um, yeah. But, but Jar Jar, like, as a finite group of characters. Now, I will say, it's not necessarily one with a bullet. Notice I did pause for a second. I got a couple people on this list who I no question like better than Star uh, better than Jar Jar, but a couple others where I'm like, I don't know, man. They're in a they're in the same ballpark. 
and, and I will say I agree on that same notion. Uh, and under that same vein, uh, screen time is something that's an important element. And uh, the impact that it may have on uh, the film itself or other aspects. So it may not just be something clear as cut and dry, whereas uh, there may be a moment from a character who only has... 10 second screen time where it's just like, well, that's some seriously grade a crap star Wars. Um, but I'm like, you're not going to be able to compare t that 10 seconds to imagine if that character were on screen for the same amount as Jar Jar. And thus you just, you're comparing apples and oranges and it's just not easy to do. Right. So for that reason, we gave ourselves a little guideline that we really ought to try our hardest to choose characters with a little bit more meat or significance. Don't write it off as like a bunch of inconsequential one-off background characters in, say, Jabba's mm -hmm. Palace or something, um, unless you really want to defend why. You know, unless yeah. you, you really have a, a good case for why this this character, even though they're only in like 30 seconds of screen time, why they are legitimately in the top six worst characters, then I want to hear that argument. But for the most part, we're going to play in the shallow end uh, characters that are really easy to defend as hateful. Although it'd be really awesome mm -hmm. if one of us has somebody on our list and the other one's like, fuck you, that character rules. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to guess uh, probably not. <laughs> but maybe, maybe. You, you never know. There are... Uh... Nah. Well, we'll see. Okay, are we ready to get going? Top six worst Star Wars characters besides Jar Jar. Yep. All right, I'm going to start. Um, well, it's a bit of a loophole, honestly. If I can't select Jar Jar, I might as well select one of his people, and that would be Boss Nass as my, my number, number six. My number six, too. Hey, hey, okay, well, it can really have a deep conversation about this. Compl that aligned well. Complete with, like, the same ridiculous dialect uh, as Jar Jar. He serves a generally goofy purpose in Star Wars as well. But Boss Nass, I think, is, is deserving of his own critiques unto himself, he plays on similar aesthetic impositions in the saga as Jabba the Hutt, but as an indirect ally instead of an enemy, and so it just comes across as silly. He has this gross-out factor, which is like a cheap gag, I guess, for kids to laugh at, the way he like raspberries with his lips and emits this deep rumble, and, and he spits all over the place. It's very upsetting and stupid. Uh, I mean, the fact is, Gungans, Gungan City's awesome. It's like the lost city of Atlantis, but in on Naboo. Um, Gungans could have been a lot cooler and mm -hmm. a few of them are like we've talked before about how Tarples isn't half bad and maybe Gungan City would have been cooler if their idea for Tarples he was the captain like yeah like maybe that would have been a lot cooler and Boss Nass has zero cool factor zero um, intimidation factor the CGI uh, rendering ages pretty poorly and he talks mm -hmm. like a moron so hate Boss Nass yeah I am uh, you, you nailed all the main ones like <laughs> yeah, uh, and the Misa is a good. It's just like it's he, he's an idiot, and yes. like Misa make you a bombad general, and it's just like you're promoting a complete moron. He it, he's he hates Jar Jar and banishes him for being clumsy, and uh, he continues to be this. Just like you said, he's Jabba, but he's a good guy, but he's an idiot. And yeah. so he doesn't, he's not intimidating. He's just in the way. And then later on, it's like they, like, they're supposed to be kind of like a proud native people, but there's nothing to be proud about. And they're like, like it's, 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 and that's, and that's not a good thing. Like you have like a warrior like Tarples. Uh, and then even the Gungans, like that final battle scene. 
you take out Jar Jar. It's a badass battle scene, and yeah. the Gungans are awesome. Uh, think of Gungan City. Gungan City is really cool. I mean, the way that the Gungans look is a little bit odd, but um, even specifically, uh, like uh, Boss Nass is uh, he's an Otula uh, or an Otala Gungan. Oh, uh, and so that's why he looks different, whereas the rest of them are in Kura Gungans. But like, why does that need to be a thing? Because it's clearly like uh, done retroactively because he's the only one and yet he's realized. in charge. Yeah, it's never even occurred then, to me that he doesn't have those ear flaps that Jar Jar has. Yeah, so he looks differently than the rest of them anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so it, he's just, he, he he's wrong on so many levels. And he is unfortunately, um, he, he's, he's Jar Jar with power and has too much influence on the plot of the Phantom Menace and is too silly uh, and ultimately falls into all a lot of the same categories as to why we don't like Jar Jar. Uh, we're just fortunate enough that Boss Nass is in less of the film, despite the fact that his role uh, is potentially a greater failure than Jar Jar's, as Jar Jar is the court jester. Right. And Boss Nass is supposed to be the leader of... Uh, a forgotten and uh, kind of stepped on native tribe of, uh, or not even native tribe, native species that is the the home species of the planet, one of very few. Uh, and so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Boss Nass, he, he, he's, he's, he's just, he's, he's not a good character. He, he really ages poorly and he just, he was bad then. Uh, I don't remember an age in which I did not think Boss Nass was stupid. Whereas Jabba the Hutt has always been badass, even though he's disgusting just like Boss Nass. But Boss Nass falls into the category of, um, oh my God, there's a, oh my God, there's a character. I totally, I just, I didn't even realize uh, a character that I really hate. Um, okay, thank God. This character would not make my top six. Okay. But is an honorable mention that I forgot to have in my honorable mentions. Um, but this character falls in that same category of an alien that under no circumstance should speak English, should speak basic. Boss Nass, uh, like the rest of the Gungans may be, but if you're making him look different, then make it because he doesn't speak basic and so he can be a little bit more intimidating somehow. I mean, that's a good point. And, and I guess the big difference between Boss Nass and, and Jabba is that one character is made for children. The Gungans in general were made for children and Jar Jar had to speak basic so that kids could also say, uh, Misa Yusa, you they could talk like him, and it would be like this fun thing that kids like Star Wars via, and that didn't really work. Um, but then they decided that that was just like the native dialect, and it was, and it, 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 I mean, we've said it all. He's got like two dramatic scenes with heroes. One is where Qui Gon is convincing Boss Nass to like let him have uh, Jar Jar, and then the other one is which we talked about last week in in the mm -hmm. good column. I am Queen Amidala, and he just kind of comes off as numb nuts in both of them. Yeah, absolutely. He's like even Jar Jar comes across as as smart as him in the scenes, and that's not a good sign. All right, so is it my turn again? Is that how this works? Yeah, because I guess kind of we collaborated a little bit. I did the you did the first run on it, and I did the second. But uh, yeah, Boss Nass, we didn't want to no need to beat the dead horse there, the dead Gungan. All right, so oh, also, what happens to Boss Nass? I'm very curious to know about that death. I'm sure there's a canon death where Palpatine sends some people down to kill him, but. Uh, I'll be curious to know about that one. Why would he do that? Why does Palpatine care about the Gungans? Because they're native to his planet and uh, they could be in the way at some point.
Okay. Or, or, or maybe not. Um, but I also don't think Boss Nass was still in power by the time the Empire came. I'd rather um, Tarples take over. He should be running Gungan City. I think it was somebody else entirely, but I would be curious to know about Boss Nass's death. I should look into that. My number five is somebody who I think you'd be crazy not to put on your list as well, so we might be doing a whole lot of this doubling up thing through the rest of the pod. Um, many of my selections on this list are going to raise the question of what could have been, what missed opportunity do we have in this character, and uh, he comes in the form of someone we call DJ. Um, Benicio Del Toro, an Academy Award-winning actor with his like, fantastic track record for playing dubious outlaw-type characters, and not only can Star Wars always use more uh, outlaws, more pirates, they've sorely lacked a uh, hardcore hacker. There's never been like a good hacker in Star Wars. Mm. He could have been that. So why doesn't DJ work in this movie, the one movie he's in, for one? He is central to the worst B-plot in a Star Wars movie. Um, which is, is not entirely his fault, but he is like heavily central to it. He also yeah. has this like cringe-inducing voice and mannerisms, not unlike Boss Nass. And most offensively, he could still probably pretty cleanly lift right out of the film altogether. He's just got this like he's just a tremendous missed opportunity. He could be so much cooler. Um, also, I think uh, Rose Tico has redeeming qualities. She's not in my top six list, but without DJ, we'd never have to hear her say, you lying snake. And I'd prefer to never have to hear that. <laughs> uh, DJ is my number four on my list. Okay. And yeah, DJ is a terrible character. Uh, you really hit the main points on the nose. A uh, huge missed opportunity whether it's an opportunity to introduce Lando earlier, whether it's an opportunity to have Justin Thoreau just be a cooler character, um, somebody from that casino lifestyle who's not like uh, a, a hobo uh, who's just taken the prison for the night. Uh, the weird stutter is ridiculous. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, the character has fantastic principles uh, in the, what they're trying to convey. Uh, and DJ is the best part of that uh, entire B-plot um, in principle. Yeah. But the execution is atrocious because he's there to show, like, the gray of warfare uh, and the, the profiteering uh, and the way that a lot of people, specifically, it's posturing in the media and it's a matter of, so doesn't matter who you are, the downtrodden will be downtrodden so that the rich can continue to get richer. Um, and he conveys that a lot through just kind of information that he's saying to Finn, but he's so undermined by being so untrustworthy. Mm. Like, he, he, oh, so we're in the, the middle movie here. Are we going to get a Lando who's going to backstab us here? So you're always kind of waiting for it. And then when it happens, you're not surprised by it at all and then it doesn't reverse beyond that point and that's fine but then it's like okay that character's over so the entire point of this character is to put a small hiccup in this plot line like it, it, he he's just he's a he's a tape recorder he he helps kind of further finn's character along in the most muddled furthering of a, a prime character in star wars and so uh, yeah, he's he's a waste. He's a complete waste of space. Um, and he's is the BB-8 BB firing like coins and they, the two of them steal a ship. And like it's just, uh, it makes no effing sense. I want to uh, unpack a lot of what you just said because I, I find a lot of it really compelling. 
absolutely Justin Theroux's character could have been that guy or maybe Benicio Del Toro could have played the master codebreaker and yeah. he could have played him differently but it's just so or weird Maz that Kanata we could have been that there sure yeah sure just to tighten it up a little bit um but it is weird that she's like go meet this master codebreaker and then that's the MacGuffin, and we get there and it's just a weird justin throw cameo and he only has like one line if any and he's not the person he's not the person we actually have come there to see it's another Mm -hmm. character altogether never occurred to me that they could have brought lando in sooner and he could have been that guy that's genius yeah, but it's also like so convenient that it is another codebreaker and not the right one. Right. But one who's just as good. But he, this only the one guy could do it. Hmm. Except for the hobo that you may run into. Isn't it interesting that in Ryan Johnson's two most recent movies, he criticizes like the 1% in the industrial complex? Like that this movie has such a, it's so heavy handed in its, the rich uh, the thieves get rich saints get shot god don't answer prayers a lot and then also knives out is about how rich people are greedy and you're well, look at looper yeah absolutely but like and then all this dystopic future of the way that uh the one percent destroys the world that's why he's a very in my opinion that's a government criticism that movie in looper but yeah. like in knives out it like spoiler alert Marta wins and she's like the live-in caretaker she's the poorest yeah. one and because she's the only good person who lives there he's like it seems to me like ryan johnson hates rich people which is hilarious well and, and i think a lot of that mindset is great for star wars because so does george lucas yep george lucas fucking hates rich people yeah uh, he kept getting denied left right and center for everything and so i think J- ryan johnson in a lot of ways um is a very appropriate person to be involved in Star Wars. And this is something that I didn't, I, I read I read this recently, Dave Filoni speaking, and this is something that the people who love Dave Filoni and uh, hate Ryan Johnson can put in their pipe and smoke because they won't know how to deal with. Um, but I've not, I've not really heard Dave Filoni ever say anything about JJ, but he did specifically go on record saying how much he appreciated uh, working with Ryan and how active when he was on set, Ryan wanted... Uh, his involvement in the sense of it was like when he was there, Ryan was getting him as hands-on as he possibly could be. And so that's very encouraging in my mind that Ryan Johnson was left to his own devices too much, Yep, uh, which has always been the problem with this because JJ was in the end as well. And that's the reason why I think things were kept a better eye in the first and force wagons ended up being better. But it goes to show that like, this is somebody who's willing to play ball. And if you make sure that he like, like if you can bring somebody else in as well and make sure everything's really nice and, and tidy, Ryan Johnson it, can bring a really great um, modern perspective on Star Wars. And DJ is, is that, but at the same time, massively flawed execution. And then there's that kind of weird, that element of The Last Jedi with so much great and so much bad. I believe that that is how Dave Filoni feels about Ryan Johnson because he has good taste. But I also just think, and this is just going to be another way to compliment Dave Filoni, but... I also think he just likes to diffuse tension. Like at the end of the day, he, he, at the end of the day, he just wants everyone to have fun and like yeah. love Star Wars together, which is beautiful. And he recognizes his role in that community as someone who can um, empower the culture behind Ryan Johnson. He can diffuse some of the tension, and it's nice that he uses that power for good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, you can't, you cannot watch anything to do with the Mandalorian and have somebody talk about Dave Filoni without having their eyes become just like 
putty with how uh, the wonders they talk about the the wonderful Dave Filoni, just how kind he is uh, and how open book he is about sharing the wisdom of Star Wars and what he's learned from George. And I think Ryan Johnson is one of the great working filmmakers of the day. Uh, and I Definitely. like and I like The Last Jedi. I don't know how responsible he is for the character of DJ, but that is a misstep. And that's why he's my number five. What is your number five? Uh, my number five, because my number four is we kind of really over, went, already went over that. But my number five uh, is somebody that you did predict would be on my list. Okay. Uh, and this character serves serves a really key purpose uh, and an appropriate purpose, and one that I'm not going to uh, to knock. But I will say, fuck this character. Fuck Jocasta New. <laughs> such a tiny character. <laughs> <laughs> I've always hated Jocasta New, and I am not alone in that. Uh, but she is so up her own ass um, by refusing to listen to Obi-Wan about Kamino and the fact that the archives may not be complete and that she's offended by that notion that she's such a close-minded Jedi and that she's so like just living in her fucking temple guarding her <laughs> books and looking at statues of Dooku who she's got like a heart on for. Does she? And so she is kind of evil. No, she's just infatuated with Dooku Boo. a little bit. Yeah, well, just because Dooku, she, she, there's a deleted scene of her speaking very, very highly of the regarded Dooku. And the scene was, it actually serves a really good point because it goes to show, like, there's no way this guy could have fallen so much uh, having this, like, bitchy by-the-book librarian uh, speak so highly of him. Uh, but at the same time, it just goes to show you how she doesn't know shit Right. She's the worst Jedi imaginable. She is just the great definite, like she, like Mace Windu's dogmatism. Imagine if she was powerful enough to be on the council and not be a librarian. I don't think I knew uh, she was the, a Jedi. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah. She's straight up Jedi. She gets murdered by Anakin, I think. I think canonically. That's good. Uh, or, no, she may, no, she may survive and probably still gets murdered by Vader in the end. But I think she, I can't remember her canonic death, but she's definitely murdered uh, by either an Inquisitor or Vader. Uh, and at one point, because there's there were so many different variations of uh, different media, canon or legends medium telling of the Purge of the Jedi Temple, she's probably one of those characters that's died a few times. Right. Uh, no, no one more so than Shakti. But uh, I also wouldn't mind watching Jocasta New die a few times. Uh, she is the she is the dogmatism. She's the worst part of the Jedi, and uh, she's just so rude. There's not a whole lot else I can say. She doesn't have much screen time. Um, but I've just always hated Jocasta New, and I couldn't leave her off. I I just don't know what else to say. She has one cinematic scene, and she, for sure, she is very um smug in it she's like yeah. difficult and we also we've all dealt with like a customer service representative yes. who is like this and they just have this like superiority and you know they're wrong and so actually yeah, it is, is kind of Obi -Wan relatable kenobi yeah and uh and so in that it, sense it's actually very relatable to find her so deeply frustrating but i i don't i don't put her i don't put enough emotion into her one scene to 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 see a spot for her in my top six. However, I'm glad that you did because you have always felt this way openly. I have always hated this character and I'm not alone, but it's, and, and the character's great because it goes to compare with truly wonderful, the mind of a child. Uh, and the fact that Yoda is 10 times as old as this bag and <laughs> <laughs> he's still uh, open-minded enough uh, and powerful enough that despite he's being clouded by Palpatine, 
um, he's still he's still an open minded uh, Jedi and 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 and, and a, a Jedi who may have lost his way a little bit and a little bit of control of the council, but still the right kind of Jedi. You know what? Um, it's it's funny that you mentioned the dogmatism of of Mace Windu just now because I'll, I'll get ahead and mention that on my honorable mentions list. I actually think my one of my big hot takes is that Mace Windu is an asshole. Like it, if we were to, it's too late now because we have this list created of our characters we hate the most. It would be pointless to make a list of characters who are the biggest dicks in Star Wars. Mm. Uh, although some of them are lovably dickish. Um, I think we're inclined to like Mace Windu because we like Samuel L. Jackson and we like a purple lightsaber, but I'm not sure he has very many winning moments in the prequels. It's, in- it's interesting because in retrospect, I feel the exact same way. However, every time I watch the prequels, I'm always reminded, no, he's right about everything. He's just a dick, but he's right about everything. Yeah, there's that's nothing okay. He, but there's nothing he's saying that is like, it's all skepticism. It's 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 never, like, he's, he's wrong and he is dogmatic in the sense that, like, he falls so clearly into Palpatine's plans because Palpatine knows, okay, this guy is going to go so by his, by his book. He's going to be his little Jedi Boy Scout that I don't like it's it's just easy because they're going to follow their plans. But ultimately, it's going to be to a certain point where he's going to get frustrated because he's going to realize he's back to into a corner and he's going to come out swinging and I'll be able to have everything the way I want. But he's like, so I'll be able to move. He's like a, a the queen in a piece of chess, but it's still a chess game because Palpatine's the one playing it. But it's like it's a powerful piece, but it's one that he's in complete control of. So Mace Windows an interesting one because he's he's kind of the audience a little bit as well okay. and so yeah. he is he's somebody who i agree with you completely in retrospect i i feel the same way um and there's certain and there's definitely certain points especially in the phantom menace he's really really a big dick to qui-gon so and, and, and not a nine-year-old anakin i won't i won't argue there but attack of the clones and return uh, revenge of the sith I, I, I'm kind of on Windu's side. I get everything he says as much as he is a bit of a dick and does push Anakin a little to the edge, but at the same time is fair well, in doing so. Well, except in Revenge of the Sith, um, Anakin goes to Mace Windu and he's like, listen, I think my friend Palpatine might be a Sith Lord. I'm distraught about this, but you should know. And then Mace Windu mm. says, if what, you've tell, what, if what you've told me is true, you will have gained my trust. It's like, why, what what are you talking about? Like, what have I given you reason not to not to trust that when I say someone's evil, they're evil? It just seems he has such little faith. That's and, true. But at the same time, it's because he's kind of saying like, oh, so what you're telling me is true, then it, it's perfect. Then he he was the he was the bad guy. I, you, you, you've got me in, in your court. Right. It, it's It's also kind of a little bit of a line like, you know that shit about earlier? You're fine. You'll be a master. All right. Well, speaking like, of... Y- you've got my vote. Speaking of characters who are, for the most part, virtuous, but definitely take things way too far, my number four is Rogue One's Saw Gerrera. Again, 
what mm. dashed hopes when you know they cast Forrest Whit Whitaker. It seemed like such an inspired kind of foolproof choice. How could this be a bad choice? There is reason to believe some of the best of Saw Gerrera uh, in Rogue One was left on the cutting room floor. They made these like really big fundamental changes to the movie amid production, which changed mm. his character a lot, I think. Um, but what's left is this incredibly underdeveloped, unsatisfying, unwinning character who you don't root for. And amazingly, he brings respiratory problems back into Star Wars for the millionth time. <clears throat> he feels uh, disjointed from the heroes. He doesn't feel like he's one of them. He doesn't feel like he's one of the villains either, which would be okay uh, if we were trying to illustrate like the manipulation of ideology during war. But it's not clear that that's what they're trying to do. Um, I, under, I, I, I understand that he is better understood by say fans of the TV series, like you know a lot more about Saw Gerrera than the layman, mm. but if we're just looking at Rogue One, he is hollow, right down to his lackluster death, which also makes you feel nothing. Uh, I'll be honest, Colin, it was, um, like he, he was on my list the entire time. He didn't he didn't end up, he ended up as, as an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely get it. Uh, completely there is a lot more to the character he's really he's not really fleshed out that much in, in clone wars you just get a little bit of background about him. i mean you you do learn more about him in rebels um he does serve and the reason why he didn't make it on my list is because he serves a bit of a, an interesting purpose for uh what the rebellion is and the rebellion is such an essential part of what star wars is and is such and is a really uh, it was a mistake to cut it from revenge the development of its early phases from revenge of the sith uh, but I think it's an important thing to show the distinction of um, these are terrorists. Yeah. In every way, shape, and form, on paper, they're terrorists. And that's a common thing that's been talked about with Star Wars for a long time. But it's also, this is a very clear distinction to show you. Saw Gerrera is a terrorist. The I, rebels are not all terrorists. No, but like I, I was thinking about that, and I don't want to be too heavy-handed with this metaphor because it's like a little on the nose and it's it's a, a little sensitive to apply it to something that's so current and so real. But like with every mov movement, good or bad, there's somebody who takes it a step too far. And mm. like Black Lives Matter is a good and essential movement, but to use it then to loot is useless and not helpful. And it's not actually making a statement at all. And I kind of well, think yeah. it's and not I think a lot that. of the people. Yeah, and I think a lot of the people who in, in those circumstances are not the people who are supporting the issue, but are necessarily like hiding behind all exploiting of the, it. Yeah. The, the hoopla of it. And, and that's absolutely uh, an interesting thing. So I, I, I saw, I wouldn't say is necessarily um, cause I do believe he believes in his cause. Um, but he is just so insanely misguided. Uh, but it's in part because of um the Clone Wars, and that's an interest, and that is an interesting because he's just he's grown up around war, and this is a Star Wars, this is a galaxy that's just war, 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 war. Uh, but then you look at a character like Jyn Erso, who was kind of raised in a similar sort of circumstance, and was given like bad circumstances as well, and they have this weird relationship. And I'll get to it as well right here. I'll I'll rhyme off my my three honorable mentions from from Rogue One because they all have strong, but like Jyn, Saw, and Bodhi are some seriously just weak characters. Jin, I don't I, I is is not a good leading character in my opinion. I like Jin. Uh, and and I think uh Jin and Saw have a, have a lot of things in common like you said there's just 
there you have to piece a lot together to make sense as to um, kind of some of their motivations and you have to I mean it's it's okay to be able to dig a little deeper but I don't necessarily I think more needs to be presented and I think these are three characters who who all required more to be cared about like saw and Bodhi could both almost be cut from the movie yeah um, and the movie's gonna be the same Bodhi is and, special. Jin, and I feel like Jin is just a hair not strong enough to be the character that she's supposed to be whereas everybody else in that cast I feel like does an amazing job of being like this is your singular movie this is a singular role you're serving a very key purpose um, whereas I feel like because it's such an ensemble, these were the three disjointed pieces that stood out to me. Um, Saw being the worst character, um, Bodhi being the useless, completely useless character who I just don't, I don't dislike, but a lot of me wanted to be to put him in the top six just because he's so useless. Yeah, um, I, I just and, see him very similarly to to DJ, frankly, and and I put them yeah. respectively at five and four. I could probably swap them on an, on another day, but they're in back-to-back Star Wars movies, for one, and they play yeah. exactly the same role. There's just this like person who doesn't really align with anyone you're spending most of your time with, and they talk like an idiot, and you wish that they would get it over with. And the Bogully, whatever the friggin' hell that is. Yeah, Bogully? Yeah. No, I, I don't like it. And then they've, he's got his like band of marauders, and, and because it's making all these different like factions and sides, it does make a little bit disjointed at the start. Uh, I definitely support that choice for sure. Okay, uh, my turn again, right? Number three? Yep. I'll be interested to know what you think of my choice here. Uh, of Baru Lars. Now, Oof. we did aim to choose characters this week uh, who could be criticized in part for like their, their ample amount of screen time. Uh, you just chose Jocasta News, so I'm, I'm, fully, <laughs> I'm fully licensed to pick somebody with as little screen time as, as Baru Lars. She oh, doesn't, absolutely. She doesn't have a lot to work with here in her defense. But she annoys me, and she always has. Um, screen time notwithstanding, uh, she Ooh. obviously has this like really significant role in Star Wars, and it it just seems like emotionally vacant to me. It would be it would be nice if we got this character uh, expanded upon a little bit in the upcoming Obi Wan series. I suspect that'll happen. As of now, she's so monodimensional. She's just this vanilla farmer's wife who can't even emotionally stir her nephew when she gets torched by stormtroopers. At least her husband has convictions. At least he's like edgy and he believes in something and that drives his motivations. Brular spends her entire one scene straddling the fence and mediating between her husband and her nephew. And it bores me so much. The only iconic thing she does in the whole movie is sing Luke. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's a, I, th I think I hate her. I hate her. We get like Darth Vader 2.0 without Baru Lars. She is the only warm barrier between Owen and Luke. As much as Owen loves Luke and wants to protect Luke, he's afraid of Luke and he's t afraid for Luke. Wait, wh Baru what do you mean by 2.0? Do you mean that Luke goes to the dark side if not for Baru Lars? Absolutely. No, Absolutely. that's horseshit. That's, that's so not true because he doesn't he love her. He doesn't no, care at all. They no, that's they need to be able to have these kind of like, and I know there's the like he's got to grow up somehow, but at the same vein, that's also like he's he's worth m more than what he's doing there as well. But she also raised him in a very important way. I'm not defending Baru as a great character by any means, but I do think it's essential to both Luke and Leia 
that they uh, grow up with loving parents. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily, but like Owen's not prepared to raise a kid. And like, and Owen's an important character and protects Luke, but at the same time, I don't know. I think when you look at the way like Shmi was a loving character for someone like it's important to, to making sure Luke uh, grows up to be the character of wonderment that we uh, we need him to be. I don't know, man. I think that you're I think you're you're really reaching to say there is evidence that the kindness of Barulars, which is not really seen in this series, is what informed the virtue of Luke Skywalker. And I will happily uh, see that defense and raise you one Harry Potter reference, which I do, and and remind you that Harry Potter was not raised by a loving family, and he didn't turn to the dark side when he was tempted. And um, I think there is a grand distinction between the fact that Leia was raised by a more loving family and a more useful to her family, that she was more mature than Luke mm -hmm. was. I mean, especially when still essentially adolescence women tend to mature more quickly anyway but luke has to meet leia to have any kind of like uh valor or or maturity or or real commitment to goodness he kind of does it all for leia he doesn't really feel anything when when baru dies and if she was as compassionate to him as you say i think he would have been or at least he would have felt something god damn it yeah, and and I, I think it probably had a something to do with it, at least he he grows up to be someone with a lot of wonderment, and he's somebody that is a he's a positive character. Owen is such a goddamn grouch. Uh, it just it, it I think there's to some degree. I mean, I, I I get it, but there's nature versus nurture to consider. The Harry Potter argument is one that's logical, and then there's the Ray argument. She doesn't grow up with anybody, uh, and then there's like there's a lot you can say to that as well. But I think there is, like, he's hidden, uh, and I think an element of giving him some normalcy to be raised as a, uh, although impatient, reason like normal person, I think benefits Luke a lot. It seems like really we're uh, litigating whether or not Luke is a hateful character right now. <laughs> um, no, just whether it be, he would be, you know, screwed if he were born in the desert alone like right for it is kind of the common observation of people who see star wars for the first time especially later in life if they start with a new hope their instinct is always well i've heard about luke skywalker as like the great hero of star wars how mm. can he be such a whiny little bitch which he <laughs> is he in is. that first movie yes of course he is that's the point He's, he grows up yeah yeah i think that's true anyway i'm sticking by Barulars because uh it's just in my heart i just i find her so lame and fair enough and I, i'm happy to be turned around on that like i said like there's there's really no chance she's not going to be at least a minor character in the Obi-Wan show. It would be nice if she's a little more than one-dimensional Owen's wife, is all I'm saying. Yeah, I think she should be important um, in the way that Luke is raised. But other than that, there's not a whole lot that there is to be said about the character. So uh, your turn for number three. Top threes. Uh, my number three character uh, is someone with uh, two threes in their name. Uh, and... Uh, way too many minutes of screen time uh and that would be l337 i am not a fan at all of this you droid hate her i think l3 is so goddamn annoying yeah um now there are like l3 is is, is fairly harmless l3 principally is fine as a character uh i've read books with l3 being not an unlikable character 
Uh, I watched Fleabag, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge is uh, an incredible talent, and I know that when it comes to writing, that's where it even comes off the charts to a whole nother level. Back to Fleabag, she also wrote as well, but um, I just hate this character so much. I find none of her jokes funny. I find uh, the relationship with Lando to be good in spite of her existence. Um, I think like the, the logic behind the character works. I think the attitude behind the character works. I just cannot stand a single thing that comes out <laughs> of this character's mouth in the movie. Um, and I think is, it's just, it's just really, really annoying and ultimately not what a droid uh, is really for in star Wars. Um, I mean, like you can have, I, I get the point of the droid revolution. Um, but I also, at the same time, I think it's a little bit of a, a little offensive compared to the way that like, I mean, yeah, there was this, the, the slave Wookiees. Um, but the focus was on, it would being like a droid revolution. And these are not life based characters. And I know that we all love 3PO and we all love R2 in that same way. And we don't take away from the, the impact that they've had, but L3 is also not a heroic character. L3 doesn't do anything useful. L3 is good on the Falcon and becomes like part of like the GPS on the ship. But like, which is kind of cool. You have to admit that is kind of cool in this, but they didn't even throw to it in the fucking rise of Skywalker, which would have been the only redeeming element of this character is if you could have given like Lando and L3 a little reunion. Whoa. But they didn't even do that. Whoa. Like I mean, there, like there was nothing. It, like it's just this character is such a waste of space. It does Whoa. not fit with the character of Lando Calrissian at all. That's that is a trip that I never would have come up with. But you are. But it would have been so it sweet. Would have been. But like just like or even like um how like how did you get everyone through the like the outer like how the fuck did they get all those ships navigated uh into the outer regions and the unknown regions. Maybe L3 was helpful, uh, but they wouldn't put that shit in the movie. They would never give you an explanation in The Rise of Skywalker for something. That's what the movie is vacant of. But uh, in Solo, it is a movie of no consequences uh, and just failing to make me care when the main character is one of my favorite characters in my favorite medium. Yet, like, this movie, every new character... Like Beckett is more like, like and every new character is more in interesting than L3. And yet L3 gets a grand amount of screen time and this big noble death that makes Lando like kind of a waste in the third act, even though Lando's great. And ultimately he's kind of waste in this movie. He's kind of just annoying. Uh, it makes things a little bit difficult for them. And like, I enjoy all of Lando in the movie, but when you think about Lando's role in Solo, he doesn't do anything. He just he's there for the ship and ultimately screws around with them a little bit, but like there's nothing heroic about their involvement at all. I'm still kind of stuck on the fact that she should have been referenced in Rise of Skywalker. It never would have occurred to me. And I understand that the Falcon itself doesn't talk as L3 anymore, that just like her her hard drive was uploaded, but if there would be some way for him to like I don't know, hack in while he was on the Falcon and he actually like broke out her voice or something. And if she were to just say, geez, you got old and fat or something, it would have been like, Oh my God, would've, that would have been great. It would have been perfect because it would have been her character type. And I appreciate also that you don't blame Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's not to blame. She just showed up no. to a job. She's not even a Star Wars fan. She's not rude about it, but like she just took an yeah. acting gig. She is a great actor actually. And and obviously she had no part in the, in the writing of this character. Although I do find and it strange that 
L3 is almost like lampooning feminism. It's almost like it's yeah. like like smug about equal it's rights. It's really weird. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing. It's just it executes it horribly. Whereas like there are other far more important like revolutions or like ways in which you can bring cause to important uh you know, human rights issues, whereas this isn't even human rights. I think I figured it out. I think the problem is that every droid you ever liked in Star Wars understands very clearly the difference between droids and people. Like, that's yeah. that's what's charming about 3PO. It's like, he's like, well, I'm not a crazy person. I'm a like droid who understands. I, I can give you all this information. And obviously, R2 is a whole other level. But L3, like, tries to, for the first time ever blur this line where she's like trying to impose this like romantic tension with lando and i mean yeah, it's just the added work. i mean i guess it kind of works in that she's trying she stands to to fight for the uh droid lives matter movement and it's just it's just you don't buy it it's it's stupid no i i completely agree um and on top of all that um just an interesting note on, on droids but like K2, it works. There are so like any droid with attitude, it works. Also, um, unwritten, like, or not unwritten, but like, uh, like an undertoned, uh, the Vader Immortal VR game, you have a droid sidekick, yeah. um, or who pilots your ship or whatever, voiced by Maya Rudolph. And it's such a goddamn good character. That's cool. That's a good, that's a good cast. Yeah. She, she kills it. Like, I looked it up right away. I was like, this droid is like, it's got the great kind of like embodying, like it was such a very Star Warsy character. L3 doesn't feel Star Warsy. L3 feels like a Marvel droid or something. Or oh. sorry, a Marvel robot. Like Phoebe Wallerbridge thought um, a robot was like, or thought yeah. a droid was. There was some Graham Norton bit she said, but not knowing what a droid was. Um, and right. so, I mean, yeah. I, no knocks against that, like you said. Uh, very, she's very talented, but it's something where um, I think her not knowing Star Wars definitely, definitely didn't help. And I think that with the poor leadership on this film, um, I think it, it and the the clear attempts of this movie being um, being really what John Favreau is trying to stay away from with the Mandalorian by yeah. trying to be inspired by the things that inspired Star Wars to make Star Wars. Or as opposed to what Solo is, which is trying to be inspired by Star Wars to make Star Wars. Exactly. That's whereas, what I, that's what I was going to say. Fails. It seems like it's following a formula to a fault. It's like, well, we don't yeah. have a, we don't have a droid sidekick, so let's create one and let's try mm -hmm. and do it anew. And it just kind of feels disingenuous. Now, I'm like I'm, Dio is a better droid than L three. Dio is kind of underused. I like Dio. I think Dio is kind of cute, and yeah. I would hope if they do an episode ten, is like Finn's droid or something. This is a very strong chance we have the same top two. Um, um no no okay I'm that's good confident we do. i'm confident we don't and so let me try and think um no i'm gonna tell I, you I, no I, th I think i may know but yep okay i'm not i'm not gonna guess out loud i'm just gonna think number two second worst star wars character to me newt gun ray i know i said recently that i actually think the politics in the phantom menace are a positive uh, of that film not a negative i do feel that way but the viceroy is everything that is wrong with like a clever if imperfect narrative design in that movie <laughs> everything that's wrong with it simply yeah. does not make sense that newt gunray is both stupid and cowardly much less that they're his only two characteristics those things should be exactly what he's not Manipulated by Palpatine, for sure. That's fine. Mm. But this character fronts and governs 
a renegade movement and authors a separatist manifesto, and somehow he never knows what's going on or who anybody is. Um, he just putters around like a football mascot at Fraggle Rock. And as I mentioned, uh, and we've mentioned this many, many times, Numoidian's the species, just like a deeply racist character of yes, very flawed Asian Asian culture. It's among the Very most offensive rude. things in all of Star Wars, in fact. And so for that reason... Might be the most offensive thing in Star Wars. Most overtly doesn't age at all well in, in Star yeah. Wars thing is, is Nuke Unray and the Viceroy. And for that reason, it's kind of unfucking watchable And he he's, the re, he's probably the first uh, red flag in The Phantom Menace. The, he's the first red flag that appears in the in the prequel trilogy partly because he's among the first characters you see in the prequels but also mm. it's just like that's the first moment where people on their first time viewing are going what's happening who are they and i'm confused and that's a problem i i agree uh, across the board uh except i do have one massive disagreement with you on on the fact that he's stupid and cowardly um Look who runs so many uh, departments in the United States. Uh, look at there, there are and like everywhere in the world there are people who are leaders who are put there by people who are far smarter or more manipulative or far far more uh, overt with their evil agendas. Um, but it does not mean that somebody who is that in your face, dumb, incompetent, and cowardly and uh just willing to like stand on no principles just the worst of the worst can still hold so much power uh and it's unfortunate that it's so on the nose to what we see in the world but it really really is and so i will disagree on that the fact that this character is so insanely racist uh the fact that this character makes uh the confusing politics even more confusing at certain points uh, and the fact that this character uh, does not, you know, speak some other language, another instance of this movie trying to be more accessible to, to kids, whereas uh, ask any child who and say, do you find that the that these uh, these four, five and six, do you find these movies, just, you know, not really for you? They're just too confusing too because of all the aliens. Yeah. Too confusing for you. You're not going to hear you like kids. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's a very good point you make right there. I'm not able to fully appreciate what these <laughs> aliens are bringing to the table. Yeah, no, never, of course never, not. No, never. But like that apparently was something they really, really needed. And so, once again, uh, the Nemoidians could be a significantly, significantly better species, and uh, Newt Gunray could be a significantly more menacing character had he not spoken basic. And so, I will 100% back you up on that. He is uh, an honorable mention for me. He is not in my top six, but uh, one of those ones where I had, uh, I think there's about like 15, 14 or 15 that I was like, these are, these are, characters are all crap. And I have no problem saying that. But this one, but Nuke Gunray, uh, all the power to you, because The Phantom Menace uh, is, a, is a movie with, uh, with a lot of really big problems in it. That could have that really didn't need to be as as bad as it was in the, in those areas. Whereas like Boss Nass, Jar Jar, New Gunray, these are these are characters. Like you can change those things, and oh wow, this movie's a hell of a lot better. Let me put this to you then, as somebody who knows this character well as a strong leader and a charismatic leader. 
how about we go back to the drawing board on the Phantom Menace and rewrite it so that the leader of the Trade Federation is one Darth Maul, who was installed there by Palpatine and is also secretly his Sith apprentice? Um, that is a way you can go about it. Um, and also flesh out that character more early on so he's more than just one line of dialogue. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly one way you could go about it. It makes it... Uh, I think that would mirror things a little bit nicer to the way that Kylo Ren's role is in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, just in the way that he's kind of implanted within the regime a little bit more. Uh, so I don't know if, the, like, because this is really, it's supposed to show the kind of the difference between the warrior, like the, the Sith being very, like, overtly manipulative, whereas this is the government that you're supposed to trust. That is this evil regime, whereas that's kind of a little bit of the, the although it's, it's a little in your face, um, also, Darth it's, Maul looks it's not quite. Darth Maul is so overtly evil. Yeah, he looks like the devil. Like you, if yeah. if you were not supposed to know right away that he's evil, you'd be like, "Come on, Padme, I know you're 14, but like, <laughs> Colin, you, you, like here, here's one. You could even do it like, um, uh, find some way to connect it a little bit better with Count Dooku. Some, yeah, something I like, like that. I don't, you, you don't need to make them the same character, but something that connects Nuke Gunray and Count Dooku a lot more. There's a very sh like strong bridge between those two movies that can make things understandable, like so that you can see the role that this kind of political division can play in the in the, the grander scheme. Whereas it's really just a, a stepping stone for Palpatine, which is a little bit harder to follow. So um, you really and, don't have Nuke Gunray in your top six? No, he would be. He was right outside. Okay, uh, but I find Nuke Gunray. Um, there's there's enough charm. I get enough chuckle out of Nuke Gunray. Uh, there's enough shoot her or something right. uh, that I just. He, I, I know how problematic Nuke Gunray is sure. in, in every way, um, but I also kind of love Nuke Gunray. <laughs> what's, what's the other dude's name? There's actually two Viceroy guys. I know I don't I don't even know who's the other guy's name. No, there's a lot more actually. There's there's Newt Gunray. There's Root Gunray. Uh, there's uh, Rune Heiko or Heiko Rune or Reiko Hoon, something like that. Okay. Um, Lot Dodd as well, uh, and Dolte Dauphine. So why do we only talk uh, about Newt Gunray? Why is, why does he stand? Because he's the leader. Okay. He's he's in charge. Uh, he's the head of the Trade Federation, um, whereas the rest of them are his his cronies. Right, right. Okay, your number two. Uh, my number two uh, goes right into what you said we were uh, kind of not going to be focusing on, unless we could make a very key argument against uh, in your introduction, because you realize that there's a chance I may have this on there, uh, and I will argue hard. Now, this character I do have as one primary character with a church, with like a backup, like. Uh, a secondary character that supports uh, the atrociousness of this first character. Um, and I will say that it is uh, Sai Snoodles and uh, Joe Yowza. I specifically uh, said at the start of this episode as a joke, like, don't pick somebody from Jabba's Palace. <laughs> uh, specifically, uh, this is... These are ho horrible alien designs. Yeah. This is a horrible homage to the incredible cantina scene. This scene gives us Boba Fett being like a player with a bunch of like pretty trashy, creepy alien girls. Uh, this is like an understandable, like I, I get the, the, the vibe of the scene, 
But Return of the Jedi, I have no issue with Ewoks. No, me neither. This is the only standout above and beyond terrible, terrible scene in the original trilogy. True. This is the massive ink blot that George Lucas did not put in the original trilogy and then decided 15 years later, oh, let me go break a pen over that page just Crazy. instead and make this, like, let me make it like about two minutes longer and let's add as much CGI that is extremely, you know, era specific. So it'll age not well. And we'll blend it in with also the uh, excessive amount of makeup and costumes that we had to do so that both of them make each other stand out more so that Max Rebo looks ridiculous because he's so clearly paper mache, mm. whereas everybody else is CGI. And we have this horrible song screeching in our ears. <laughs> and like it, Return of the Jedi, like the Ewoks and this scene. Now, I love the Ewoks, so they don't fall in that category, but... Those are seen as the massive drawbacks of the original trilogy. And the fact that George Lucas went back and doubled down and gave this character more screen time <laughs> is absolutely uh, disturbing. And Size Noodles uh, was actually in the Clone Wars wow. as well. And oh boy. For what? What did he do the in that The talking show? voice is as annoying, if not more annoying, than the singing voice. Okay. And uh, just. Horrible plot lines, horrible character, super, super annoying. And then Joe Yawa as well uh, is like the Dr. John guy who's like screaming as well, who's like a Muppet, uh, very fraggle raw. It's everything. Dr. Teeth. It's, okay. it's just everything is wrong with this. So none of, these, and, none of these characters that you're naming, as far as I can tell, because I don't know their names, uh, None of them are the big-lipped singer lady, which is, to, to me... Noodles oh, that's Size Noodles. Yes. Okay, that is the worst part, for yes. sure. Yes, it's her, yeah. With a, the, with a darn the bullet. Trumpet, trumpet lips. Yeah. So isn't it kind of a blessing, though, that if George was going to double down on one of the two things that are controversial about this movie it's the one you already disliked and not the one you liked that would then complicate it by because if you went in and fucked around with the ewoks you might come away from that going well now i don't like the ewoks yeah that's true um but it's not like george decided oh you know what people didn't like that scene let's cut it right it would like, that would have been like if they if he went back and then made the ewoks like even more like teddy bears. And you're right, I wouldn't have liked that because it would have been doubling down on like the the bad part about them. Although I kind of like the like the the murder bears element that people have with Ewoks. Uh, and also I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but you know the Battlefront video game? Yeah. There's a mode, it's called Ewok Hunt. Okay. And you're it's it's nighttime. Aww. And it's Ewoks versus Stormtroopers. And it's horror movie style. Ew, no. So I don't it's like, like it. no, no, no. You're the Ewoks. Oh, that's fun. That's cool. So it's like, oh, 
there and it's like like so you like this like the stormtroopers are like and you like hit them with like rocks and it's like it's 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 a it's a cool concept very it cool is a, concept. it is a valid criticism that the ewoks can take down the empire with like rocks and twigs that is kind of that is that, that is absolutely that is a valid criticism it's a valid criticism that. but i don't i don't dislike the characters and when i was doing research for this episode mm-hmm. i saw a lot of people's lists include wicket the ewok because yeah. he's like the representative of the ewok and that's crazy to me he's just so lovely when when mm-hmm. when leia helps him down off the log like that's it's so cute that's just the cutest thing yeah no they're in their little relationship um and then he hugs han's leg later on no uh so i absolutely love the ewoks uh size noodles sucks is there any chance that we have the same number six and the same number one uh no no okay i can't believe that you i can't Let believe i can't believe that you didn't put newt gunray or captain phasma in your top six let captain phasma is my number one man and i almost yeah, Cap- hate her as much as jar jar no oh wow captain phasma is not that annoying and is not in enough to be that annoying for me that was the reason why she got cut hard hard honorable mention phasma is stupid phasma is a waste phasma is uh, a complete tease of what could have been a cool character that's what i'm saying phasma Just- is a loser but I'll let you go on it, but she was an honorable mention for me. The the absolute nerve of this entire sequel trilogy to take a costume as cool as the original Stormtrooper suit and make it shine like a mirror and then put six foot three Gwendolyn Christie, Brienne of Tarth, mm-hmm. inside that suit, give her like a spear thing, and then have that turn out to be the great disappointment of The Force Awakens, which is the best of that trilogy. Captain Phasma had so much promise as like a foil, mm. so to speak, a foil uh, huh. for Finn uh, as a defector of the First Order. And then uh, if her lukewarm appearance in, in episode seven, like if that had uh, maybe positioned her for this really badass turnaround in episode eight, it would have been worth it. It just didn't happen. It just all fell on flat. Uh, she remains stiff and unspectacular. She's not very mobile. We learn nothing about her as a person and we no. see nothing about her as a person besides like one little uh, glimpse at her one eye. And at that point, who gives a damn? There, is, mm. there is, isn't even that much to say about Captain Phasma, as you said, and I actually think that's her biggest crime. She's so boring. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I can't disagree with anything you've said. Captain Phasma is so insanely boring and is... A total waste. This is a character who could be intimidating. Uh, we talked about that really bummer of a B plot and how she's the big baddie at the end of it. And it's like, okay, she's done. Yeah, Good. she wraps up the the worst B plot in Star Wars. Yeah, she, okay, like, okay, cool. Now they can go find the one final ATST in the other side of the hangar that isn't destroyed, and they can gallop away safely. Fine. Right. But like, yeah, Captain Phasma is uh, a gigantic waste. This is a character who could have been very cool. Um, but uh, for, yeah, I, I, for me, it's because there's not a whole lot to say. And there is a book uh, that apparently expands on the character, which is interesting, but I've never even felt compelled to read it because the character is not that interesting. And so I've never, I've never been super disappointed by the character. But I'm also not a Game of Thrones fan, so I could definitely see why somebody who is a Game of Thrones fan would be disappointed because um, I know that that character has is, is is certainly one of the most engaging characters uh, from. Honestly, she has a series. really a really disappointing ending in Game of Thrones too, as a, as a lot of characters do. But like, I also heard that uh, she may have been. Were people disappointed she didn't win the Emmy or something like that? 
Or just there, happy that she got nominated or something? No, I don't remember it exactly, but I think she nominated herself. And, oh, and, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, there was something like it, it was a very empowering, cool thing. Mm. Yeah, she's, no, that is she's it. cool. Like I'm, I'm actually not a huge oh, Game of Thrones fan cool. either. I, I know a little bit about it, and I kind of got into it towards the end. But um, for sure, was I great was and- so excited for her, and 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 I, I just want to know more about like what her job is. Like the rank is cool. Are there oh, more yeah, Captain gets- Phasmas who wear suits like that? Like it just seems no. like a missed opportunity. No, and like very, very cool. Um, in like the like the promotion for Star Wars as well. She was really good in that regard. Um, but I mean, once again, there's they decided to bring in a trillion new characters with four seconds of screen time for Rise of Skywalker instead. So. But in the sense, it's, she's not unlike Boba Fett in that way. Like her suit looks really cool, sells a lot of action figures, but the character is kind of useless. Well, that's the thing. Except Disney has done a deeply, deeply, deeply terrible job with uh, marketing and toys uh, for Star Wars. It's, it's, it's astronomically worse than the prequels and the original trilogy. It's, uh, it's dumbfounding how much worse the the toy sales did. Um, But like Phasma and uh, Zori Bliss, sorry, you can't just give us a, a, a cool looking helmet and, expect us to be okay with that now like there's a reason as to why we know a lot more about boba fett right now and we're all excited uh that he's going to come back in mandalorian and that there is a show called the mandalorian it's because we've thought that was a cool design for a while yeah and we want to know more you can't just get away with giving us like someone who's kind of cool looking and teasing that they're going to be a lot more about this character by providing mysterious kind of air about them but then having it really go up the whimper you know Zori Bliss kind of just missed my list too and and really you can charge her with a lot of the issues that you charge Phasma with Mm -hmm. um but I actually over time have decided I don't really like her helmet that much she looks too much like a Power Ranger yeah it's just equally um anticlimactic the reveal for that character except it was less disappointing because I had more stock in Phasma yeah. Um, and so I, I, I feel less about, about Zori, but I also think she's very lame. Yeah. I was, I was kind of expecting Zori to be exactly what Zori was at, at a certain point. Yeah. I held out hope a little, and then I kind of saw the uniform and I was like, no, you're just uh, Boba Fett. Um, but JJ was like, oh, I want to bring in my friend. Well, uh, and in, she'll wear purple instead. In descending order, uh, my top sixth were, uh, six boss Nass, five DJ, four saw Gerrera, three Barulars, two Newt Gunray, and one Captain Phasma. Who was your, uh, most hated Star Wars character? Um, my number six was boss Nass. My number five, Joe Costa new four DJ, uh, three L337, two size noodles and number one, Rose Tico. Oh, wow. uh, I did. I didn't want to, in the sense of I don't hate like conceptually the character, but Rose Tico is actually the only other character that fits in the Jar Jar category, and Jar Jar's worse than Rose. Uh, Rose is a main character that was squashed because it was just really bad execution, uh, and people hated it. Yeah, uh, Jar Jar. That's, that's a good was, point. That's... Jar Jar was taken out of his significance in episodes two and three. Uh, Rose wasn't in episode seven, but she also, you could say, wasn't in the Rise of Skywalker either. Right. Uh, and the fact that Finn's entire story arc completely ignores uh, his relationship with Rose uh, makes her completely inconsequential. Uh, it makes all of the things that she says and does 
uh, in that terrible uh, B plot that we've kept, we keep referencing in this, um, feel even more frustrating because it's either poorly acted, poorly delivered, poorly written, uh, sometimes a combination of the few. Now, Kelly Marie Tran seems wonderful, yep. uh, but it's a goddamn shame that this character uh, is the main character of the worst uh, B-plot in Star Wars. And uh, Jar Jar is the only other character who um, is remotely that bad in, or in, in an A or B plot uh, of any significance. Uh, and Rose has such an impact on Finn and Finn was such a character of promise. Yeah. And by being involved in like with Rose in The Last Jedi, um, it so dramatically derails his arc and ultimately derails a, a lot of the continuity between this trilogy. Um, it, it, it's it's not uh, anyone's fault, but the 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 creators uh, in the situation they put themselves in. Um, and it's not even the fault of Ryan Johnson. Mm -hmm. It's the fault of not, not finishing, being afraid to finish this character. The character is just completely like, okay, she gets a little revenge for her sister, uh, and then fights for what she loves. And then, you know, leaves Finn to die in the Star Destroyer, uh, after it, because he's got a new woman now. Um, I, I guess in this instance, like, oh, someone else is going to risk their life to to be around Finn. Every new woman each time. Um, but it's just Rose is so inconsequential, and um, it feels mocking the comments that JJ said about the best thing that Ryan Johnson did was cast Kelly Marie Tran for Rose. Um, uh, which is when you look at the Rise of Skywalker, is a like. Did you not realize, JJ, that we we watched the movie eventually and realized that she's not in it? Yeah, and that that's seems a like really a mean big... thing to say. Yeah, he said it weeks before the movie came out because no one realized that she was fucking not in the movie. <laughs> uh, that makes me feel bad. And maybe that's like my thing with, it might be the reason I didn't put her on my list is I just have this like yeah. soft spot for for and Rose, same with like Ahmed I, Best. I, like, well, these exactly. Are, these are good people. I don't blame them at all. just unfortunately cast in the two worst roles of such a great series, but good people, uh, nonetheless. Well, and, and you make a good point a there. I, it never occurred to me the parallel of them being the characters who were major characters who were in fact dialed back because the makers of the films feared the audience. So, mm. and that's a shame that should never happen artistically anyway. And no, they were abandoned. It, they, which is really sucky. Um, I'd say the difference between the two characters and you already said that Jar Jar is worse is that, um, Rose is a character you wish didn't come, and Jar Jar is a character you kind of wish would get decapitated. Like, it's a good point. It's way worse, but yeah. but namely because he doesn't have as good of a heart as Rose. Like Rose cares so much, and you have to give her some points for that. Yeah, but even if we want to make the things a little bit more, she's a mechanic, and she's kind of useful on their mission. Right. Like maybe make her the code breaker even. She's just like someone who's in the boiler room who's an engineer. Yeah. She doesn't do anything. She's not up in the sky doing the amazing stuff, but she's the engineer who's really good at math who can actually figure this out and work it out. There you go. There's That saves us a character and provides a little bit more reason besides the fact that, oh, Rose has half of her necklace and she needs to get revenge 
uh, and then like get really mad and say a bunch of lines about hope and distrust and saving what you need. And yeah, Rose is just, just frustrating. Uh, and when we went through the last Jedi, uh, it was tough to not just focus on her solely um, just because of the amount of eye rolling stuff. It's, it's, it's a lot of like, seriously, that was, that was written in 2016 or yeah. like, really? That's, that's weak. It would that's, be nice. That is, that, it would be nice if she was the codebreaker because then our lists would be vastly different. <laughs> today. Yeah, they'd be they'd be smaller, or maybe she, she wouldn't even be on it. And so there's like it's it's just a character, and uh, I'm not gonna bl- I'm not gonna blame Rose on this one. This is not to do with the character, but I'm gonna come back and harp on the same point that I did from the last episode. She got me all excited, and I thought that they were looking at pod racers again. Right. She couldn't have just been like, you know, a little slave pod as opposed to like, oh, I knew these fattier things. It's really not Rose's ho- fault. <laughs> horse rabbit? No, it's not her no. fault at all, but still annoying part. All right. So uh, we've essentially covered all of the uh, characters that I wanted to bring up at the end as like dishonorable mentions. But um, one character who didn't, uh, he wasn't, wasn't eligible for this list, still needed to get mentioned by me because of how much I hate him. And his name is Toro Calican. And he has... <laughs> And, and, of course. and actually, he, he's only in one episode of The Mandalorian. We're never going to see him again because he gets killed. Uh, and I saw him for the first time in the last year. So maybe it's still kind of sensitive. And I won't care long term. But he would have been number one, including Jar Jar. I He's worse than Jar Jar. I hate this character. There, there's nobody in Star Wars who feels less like Star Wars to me. Uh, he, made, he, made, he ruins the episode for me. And the, an episode that otherwise can be great. They put mm-hmm. him in that Han Solo booth, sitting like Han Solo, and I almost went up with my cookies. I was like, "I hate this the, little the, punk." The fucking nerve of this little punk! Yeah, get up. You know what? He one hundred percent takes that spot for me too. Yeah, and that was the reason as to why um, when I messaged when we were chatting back and forth, like, let's not do TV. There was there was other characters I certainly could have said, and I didn't want to do Mandalorian because then it opens up the can of worms that, that there are a lot of other characters in Clone Wars that would just blow up the list as well but toro calican would still be probably number one uh and for all the any of the any of the deep cut listeners uh that would be even above like meber gascon who's like this little alien slug guy who is in a droid costume so like there are some weird cuts in clone wars where george lucas got to experiment with the most crazy shit yet toro calican is awful uh and this little Bitch, Jake Cannavale uh, said some shit about Rise of Skywalker, um, and yeah, it's not. I'm not going to necessarily even disagree. Uh, I, I, I think I'll disagree with the the wording that he even chose as well because he was just so goddamn rude about it. But like, be grateful, you little punk. Just makes it all the easier for me to hate his character as much as I do that he also mm-hmm. is is ungrateful. And I just got nothing nice to say about that guy. And he doesn't qualify for this um, criteria, but it seemed silly to talk about Star Wars characters mm. we hate and not at least give him a dishonorable mention. Is there anything else you want to say about the characters you hate the most in Star Wars? Yes. So I will mention um, uh, Ahsoka got better. So that's the fact that as much as we hate characters in Star Wars, uh, here's an example of someone from the Clone Wars movie who was hated at the start by fans, but... People did grow to love eventually. So it I can certainly happen. I liked her uh, what we, little I've seen of her. Absolutely. But of course, the Clone Wars movie was the first introduction, and she's annoying in that movie. She's yeah. annoying in that movie. So it's understandable. Uh, but Rod of the Hutt. So this would be Jabba's son. Uh, he's in the Clone Wars movie. And that 
that is a fucking annoying little character. Right. Uh, he his nickname is is Stinky. He's just a giant, basically slug turd. Uh, he's a, an awful character. Um, and then there's also Zero the Hut from that movie as well. So these are and that's the Truman Capote Hut. Oh yeah. Um, and so that's a really bad character. Uh, and so then the I guess the other three characters I would have for uh, solid honorable mentions. Uh, are all the remaining ones are from the sequels. Uh, and that would be uh, Holdo. Mm. Uh, the Holdo maneuver is her only redeeming quality, but the Holdo maneuver is badass. So that made it uh, easy to not have her in my top six. I get it. I just like Laura Dern. And so I cut her some slack. In general, yeah. she's she's not great, but I... I'm... And there's a good... Her dialogue with Leia is nice. Yep, it is. Um, I love Hux in The Force Awakens. Uh, and I fucking hate him in the next two movies. He does. Get uh, I, I hate everything about him in the rise of Skywalker uh, and the last Jedi. I think he's so, so Nazi evil in the force awakens and that they make him so pathetic in the next ones uh, is a massive shame and is ultimately a bigger crime than Phasma in my opinion. Something we've never talked about is how in rise of Skywalker, have you ever noticed that Hux's eyebrows get really weird? Um. Yeah. Just all of a sudden, he, his he, eyebrows he, he, are like he, bushier or something. He 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 looks way worse in every movie. Yeah. He, he, it looks like he's like aging terribly, and like that just life is so hard on him. It he is. looks exhausted in each movie more and more and more, which I think is kind of funny and fitting. Right. Um. But yeah, he looks like the shit's been kicked out of in that movie. He looks even paler. He is kind um, of spoiled. I agree with that. And uh, this character, um, I have nothing, no other reason than to than to hate this character. This character is uh, a complete waste. This character is uh, just a plot device. This character uh, is inconsistent with canon. This character uh, is unexplained. This character is part of the, this character's weapon is the worst item in all of Star Wars. Um, and, uh, that would be Ochi of Bastoon. Uh, now Ochi of Bastoon is a fucking waste of space. And, uh, the more we're talking about it, I probably should have put on my top six maybe, uh, but <laughs> Ochi of, but, um, Ochi of Bastoon, you're looking at me with crazy face. That is Palpatine's assassin who kills Ray's parents. Yeah. Uh, and so Ochi of Bastoon is like, could be the coolest character. We just don't know anything about this character, and he plays such a like key role. Yet he also has the like his dagger is mind-numbingly stupid. The dagger's crazy. Yeah. At, at ends about that. I sent you uh, a great meme this week about how when Ray holds the dagger, it's this, this dagger's done terrible things, and yet she holds the the youngling Slayer three thousand in her hand right. that Anakin <laughs> friggin' built, and so and it, like it's it's yeah um, yeah Oshi is another. Like, but at the same time, I also think because, like, as much as that frustrates me, I'm not going to blame that on the character because the character himself is a man. Really? Yeah, that's you can't blame that on the character. You can blame that on the cop out and the writing. Uh, and when we learn more about Ochi, I, I'm going to guess Ochi's cool. Yeah. There's got to be some interesting shit about that story. What about Jana? Um, Jana, what's her name? Oh God, she's a disappointment too. Oh no. How man, I didn't want to go through. Man, this was a rough night for the sequel trilogy, honestly. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that. 
Yeah, Jana is 100%. Jana would be pushing. Actually, wow, I, I'm disappointed in myself. Jana is easily. Fix your um, list right now. You can, It's not too late. You can amend right now. Um, I hate your cost anew. But, <laughs> you can bump Boss uh, Nass. You only have him there symbolically because you hate Jar Jar. That's what I do. Yeah, did. I'm actually... Well, no, he's also pretty annoying. Uh, no, Jonna, Jonna really bugs me. Okay. Um, yeah, Jonna would 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 be right six or seven. Okay. Um, Jonna is, uh, yeah, but that's also that's more bad Finn stuff, and uh, also a lot of the reasons why I hate, and I think that's probably why I forgot to even include Jonna was because I all of my frustration for the way all of that was handled was put on Rose. But yeah. that's also because we were given Rose first. And yeah. so you could just as easily say that hate is split with Rose and Janna. Um, yeah, and that's so, fair. Yeah, that, that's a really tough one. Yeah, but I hate that character. She is such a goddamn waste. Uh, cool bow. Uh, that's it. All right. Well, that's that sounds like a good place to stop. <laughs> Man, this was really negative and dark sidey. That's okay. It's all right. We yeah, want to no, we want to know what your uh, your top six or your bottom six Star Wars characters besides Jar Jar. You can't say Jar Jar. We've said enough about him. Let us know the ones you hate the most, the ones that just grind your gears beyond. Tweet us at recorder six six uh, or email recorder sixty six podcast at gmail dot com. Anything going on in the news? I feel like very little. No, no, there really isn't. Um more teasing as to when we'll maybe find a trailer for Mando season two. Can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, did get a trailer, another one for the um, Lego Star Wars uh, Skywalker saga. It looks cool. It looks awesome. It does. Uh, you, so you saw the the, the trailer, uh, the final part with Palpatine and the, the lightning. Oh yeah. Uh, that was so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think, I think it looks absolutely great. Um, that's, that's really exciting. Uh, and there's also a, a a Sims thing. I noticed that as well. The so this is really Wars. interesting because I just got back into the Sims uh, for like the okay, first time. Okay, perfect. In, do you, so you know more? Well, only sort of. Like uh, okay. you can download the Sims Four from the Origin website for like six bucks, and I have a new computer, and so I decided I was going to get back into the Sims after like fifteen years. And they've gone through multiple generations of the Sims since then, so it was like a new learning curve. But when you build characters, they they offer all kinds of like Star Wars. Uh, proprietary stuff in the costume that's like very confusing what that's yeah. super cool yeah like you can dress up your character as boba fett like and Damn. i don't and i don't i didn't know why like baby yoda is in the character menu i i, I didn't i didn't understand why at all and now i see that they were gearing up for actually like your, all kinds of star wars stuff in this new sims 4 expansion pack where you could just is like very cool build i don't know most icely or something and it actually is kind of awesome, but yeah. I also get that some people are frustrated because there's a it's not a great cross section, I guess, in Sims users and Star Wars fans, and in general, no, pe that, people that sounds about right. <laughs> people want like a a sandbox Star Wars game, and maybe The Sims was not the right way to go. No, oh my god, that is not the sandbox Star Wars game that people want. No, but, uh, it's I think it's uh, I think it I'm sure it did not require much effort no. comparatively to so i think it's a kind of a fun little thing uh and really there is goddamn nothing in the news uh other than uh more rumors substantiating the likelihood of the obi-wan series um having anakin um and uh and commander cody uh, or anakin slash vader uh and commander cody being the uh, antagonists for obi-wan yeah. um but other than that um no, 
Not a lot to say. Okay, just want to wish a couple of happy birthdays. Uh, a couple of niche ones, to be honest. Tuesday, September 1st, happy birthday to Timothy Zahn, writer extraordinaire. Oh, great one, niche. Great niche one, though. Uh, Saturday, September 5th, happy birthday to Werner Herzog. We haven't had the opportunity to wish him a happy birthday before oh, on yes. the podcast. Uh, we would, uh, as I mentioned, love to hear your your top six lists of your most hated Star Wars characters. You know where to reach us. Um, uh, please like or subscribe to us uh, on your preferred podcast app. And until we are together again, may the Force be with you. <laughs>